and welcome to Dad Pod. Uh, I'm Charlie Clawson. Uh, I'm Osher Ginsburg. I guess normally someone says I'm Will Anderson there, but I guess I said I'm Osher Ginsburg. We haven't really ironed out the intros, let's be honest. <laughs> no, we haven't, have we? We've got the outro. We've got the tagline yeah. down, which is which is pretty good. But uh, I'm talking to Charlie the way I speak to my family over the internet uh, using, uh, I should mention, a Huawei Wi-Fi hotspot. So hello, China. How's your week been, Charlie? I mean, I'm, I mean, there's a lot going on with me. I'm, I'm away, so there's a bit bit to talk about there. But how, how's things with Iona? Really good. I uh, got my first proper smile this week. Ah, uh, oh, yes! You, you may remember a couple of weeks ago talking to Matt O'Kai and I was pressing him for when will I get a laugh. Haven't quite got a laugh yet, but it was the it was a smirk followed by a chuckle and then a big grin, which I managed to st- snap a photo of uh, to go to my Instagram. You can see I was so happy when I saw it, and it's like this is the most satisfying feeling. Like I actually felt seen. Yeah, <laughs> all the work I put but, in. I've been doing some of my best gear, so absolutely zero reaction. Like a really, I feel like I'm a an open micer who's been just like yeah. slogging it for the past six weeks, and finally yeah. I, I got a reaction from someone in the front row. The, and now this the, the the difference is like for a couple of weeks they do smile, but people go, no, no, that's just gas. Gas, yeah. And, and so you can't claim it. You can't claim that you got it. No. But when when she smiled, were you smiling as well? Was it a mirror neuron thing? Well, what was going on? Yeah, I think it was a little of both because. I So we have our sort of morning routine. We go for a walk. I'll make Gemma some food while she breastfeeds and Gemma goes have a shower and then it's like bouncy bounce time. And I like to put on some music and so I run through a whole gamut of uh, genres of music trying to find what I think she'll like. So I, we, yesterday was Stevie Nicks. So we hit up on Edge of 17 and so Amazing. I started singing along and when it got to the ooh, baby, ooh, baby, ooh, that's what seemed to tickle her fancy. So uh, today, before I jumped on Skype with you, I've been running through my head like how many songs have ooh in it because I'm thinking maybe it's the ooh sound. They're all of them. Might be the word baby, heard, heard the name yeah. and went, well, that's clearly me. Well, that's the other thing is every song I play, I'm like, God, there are a lot of songs with the word baby in it because every time the, the lyric comes up with baby in it i will point diana and let her know that i'm talking about her (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty good that's that's fantastic it was great it was great and it actually just kind of excites me now for oh man because i've got like 42 years of dad jokes i've just been locking away just waiting for a captive audience like I hope she's into bad, bad jokes because I have just like I've got a, I've got a tight five minutes ready to go for the rest <laughs> of her life. Every day for the rest of her life, she's going to get a, a tight five of dad jokes. Oh, what I like because I've, obviously I've got a teenager as well, and um, there's nothing quite like getting her when you can hear her eyes roll from the <laughs> other room. You're like, that's right, that's right, I got it, and you put a bit of mayo on it just to make it even worse. It's fantastic. It's just I think it's just because you you say you you, you want to be. So when you do have a, a teenager in your life and all they want to do is just because it's their job as teenagers to try and separate themselves from their parents mm. uh, they just want to be as far from you as possible so when you get them, get them to actually go oh yes <laughs> yes <laughs> It's fabulous. It's well, one fabulous. thing I, I did want to talk about this week is something that we've had a few people write in and, and uh, contact us online, which I think is worth talking about is how to sort of stay mentally and physically healthy during this period, which is yeah. something that people talk about when they go into the baby bubble is like, well, all of a sudden you're sleep deprived and you're just eating when you can. And how do you sort of maintain a healthy lifestyle? Now, you, Osh and I, we, are, we, we like to maintain a fairly healthy lifestyle. Osh is a uh, men's health uh, cover model. 
I went in a competition with men's health, didn't win. So I don't know if that ranks me below you in the in the health stakes, at least according to men's health. You are way, your photos, you are way more ripped in yours than I was in mine. Let's just be honest. Like when it came to that before and afters, you your body fat was in single digits. You were amazing. The point being you know, when you sort of prioritize exercise in your life, and I know for you, you've talked about it. And, and for me, definitely, like, not only is it sort of good for your physical health, but mental health, like the endorphins you get, it's just really important for me to actually get out of the house and get some exercise. But obviously, how do you do that once there's a baby involved? And so something I just wanted to talk about a couple of things that I've found that have been really helpful. And the first one is um, calisthenics, which yeah. essentially is body movement that doesn't require weights or anything like that. So um, there's a couple of apps that I've downloaded that have these kind of like workout routines that you can literally do in your living room. So at the moment, I'm I'm trying to sort of prioritize no more than 20 minute workouts per day. Because back in the day when I could take my time, I'd roll, roll up to the gym, maybe be in there for an hour. You know, you'd check your phone in between things, all that kind of stuff. But now it's like we're on a much more set yeah. schedule. So there's one app called Fitness Buddy and they have a free version and a version you pay for, which is about 40 bucks a month. And this is not a paid endorsement. They're not sponsoring our podcast. Yeah. But they have a great app where you can literally go in and either design your own workout, whatever you want to do, or or you can just let it, them randomize it and you can say what you've got to work with. So if it's just body weight or if you've got like a, a strap or if you've got little dumbbells or anything like that and you can design a workout of any length. And so it's really great. Like this morning before I jumped on the call with you, I Gemma um, breastfed, did a feed put Iona in the baby bounce and then I just pulled out the app and just ran through a 20-minute routine which really just consisted of like push-ups, squats, lunges and sit-ups and that's all you really need to do. And the funny thing is I think when you change the psychology of oh, I've got an hour to work out. You don't really go as hard because I knew that I had 20 minutes to really go for it. And even knowing that I had to jump on this call with you and then I've got to do some work after this, it's like, well, I'm going to actually smash it out. And I got to say, because I've been doing this for the last three weeks now, I actually am working a lot harder <laughs> in these 20-minute yeah? windows. Yeah, because psychologically, I know that this is the only chance I'm going to get for the day. The other thing I want to recommend is a meal app, which is called Meal Prep Pro. Because I've also changed my diet slightly in the last yeah. few weeks. Uh, I saw that Game Changers documentary, which is all uh-huh. about the benefits of a plant-based diet. So some people may say that I'm single white mailing you <laughs> by suddenly switching over to a plant-based diet. But I'm just experimenting. It's been uh, two weeks now uh, where yeah. I've just eaten mostly plants. But for someone like me whose entire recipe repertoire was all meat-based, I needed some yeah. instructions. So this one is great. And similar to the Fitness Buddy pro app this one just gives you simple uh meals that you can program like you can do keto you can do vegetarian you can do vegan whatever you want to do not only does it give you the recipes but it gives you shopping lists which ah. in metrics which is the best because sometimes when you get some of these cooking apps it's uh, in imperial and it's you got to try and convert ounces and stuff but this one you can just go through and they're really simple meals that you can cook in 15 minutes so again i'll get half an hour in the day i'll done my shopping i'll just cook enough meals for Gemini to last us two days. And that way you've got more time in your day to do other stuff, to look after your kid or do those workouts. I I couldn't agree with you more in the first few weeks after Wolfie was born. I'm a fan of kettlebells, uh, which are those things that look like a bowling ball with a handle on it at the gym. Big fan of kettlebells. And there's just this really simple kettlebell routine that I can knock out in 15 minutes where it's just, it's just single arm swings and Turkish get-ups and I'm 
busted at the end of it. But if that's all the time I've got, mm. I know that I can get it done. And, you know, it's not a body weight thing, but mm. it's it's definitely when there's only a short amount of time, I, I 100% agree with you. I'm just better for it to yeah. the point where if I haven't done it, Audrey will say, why don't you go and work out? Yeah. <laughs> just suddenly nudging me to be like, you know, you're being a punish. Mm. Go and off gas some of this weird energy around you and come back when the dopamine's hit. Yeah. And I think that's also important. And plus, I mean, I'm 45. You know, I look at this kid. I look at my eldest. I'm like, by the time he's her age, I'll be 60. Mm. Shit. Yeah. Better keep because I know how much running around it takes to make sure that I keep up with G. Mm. I'm going to have to make sure that I'm on point in 15 years from now or more. Yeah. So it's without a shadow of a doubt, it's totally there. But I'm really grateful you spoke about like not needing any gym or not needing any like having to leave the house even, not needing even mm. any equipment. That it's just just body weight, yeah. which is also a really a really low barrier to entry because if you've never done a push up and you do one, you've done 100 percent more push ups than you did yesterday. If you do Two, you are now twice as powerful, mm. you know? And so just gradually building up from body weight is a really, really good way to start. If, you've never, if you're going from zero, mm. if you're going from like I've never worked out ever, it's a really, really good way to, to begin to move your body again. Well, I'll go one better than you. This is the most simple thing that you can do because at some stage, especially if you were actively involved in the caring of your child, you're going to need to settle. And so, you know, rather than sort of just getting up and rocking back and forth, just get out the ergo baby or get out the sling, put the baby in and go for a walk. Because I guarantee 20-minute walk with an extra four kilos around your neck, it's going to lose some pounds and it's going to get your heart pumping, it's going to lower your blood pressure, all that kind of stuff. Like, that's what I mean about sort of incorporating it into your life. Like, of course, this is now the number one priority for you and especially in that first three-month period. But there is a way yeah. to bring that child into the active part of your life. Someone said to me about uh, the other day um, when it comes to settling because they heard uh, the episode where I settled Wolfie. The first time Wolfie was on the show when he, he got a bit fussy and I, I settled him on the show, they were like, oh, the way I did it is every time that they got fussy, I just did squats. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I held, held them on the side and, di- and just did squats, weighted. And so what's that? You know, five kilos, six kilos, yeah. just doing squats with the baby. And you do enough of them, you'll know. You'll know about it. And the baby feels that undulation and gets rest from it. And then you're kind of inspired because you're like, oh, I'm almost there. Baby's almost asleep. Keep stop. Keep squatting. Keep squatting. <laughs> and it's that incidental exercise that you're talking about, which is really important. And it combines if your partner can trust you to settle a baby, but also sees you looking after yourself. That I mean, Audrey likes to joke that she's got three kids. I'm not a fan of that, but sometimes she does have to look after me as much as the other two. Taking the pressure off my my partner to have to look out for my health as well is a big part of it as well, I think, Charlie. And there's also, you get that great nod when you put your baby in the ergo baby or oh, the yeah. sling and you go for that walk and you walk past other parents, someone pushing a pram or their own sling, yeah. you give that little nod of acknowledgement. That's right. It's like like motorcyclists at the yeah. lights when they kind of give each other yeah. that, hey, what's up? Certainly if you're a dad with the yoga baby and another dad, you pass each other on the street, it's like, that's yeah. right, honey. Yeah, Especially right. if I've got, got the dogs, it's another story. It's like <laughs> modern dad. With a keep cup, it's all happening. So what's been going on for you this week? Uh, well, I'm away, which comes with its whole new new set of challenges. I'll talk about that in a sec. But what um, what Wolfie's been going through, Wolfie's 11 weeks today, and he's been going through growth spurts, where we know it's coming because we've got we've I've known G since she was 10, and she came up to my elbow when I met her. She's now taller than me, so she's grown at least 
60 to 80 centimetres since I've known her. She's wow. doubled in size in the last five years. But in the first 12 months, a baby will triple its body weight, which is a humongous amount of cell division. And leading up to it, Wolfie would go, he'd sleep for three hours, then he'd sleep for two hours, and then he'd just be like asleep for 45 minutes, wake up and just want to eat and eat, 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 eat on the breast and then asleep again and wake up an hour later, eat, 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 just never, never could get enough milk. Um, thankfully, though, the, the woman's body is incredible and it's a supply and demand situation. So even though Audrey was feeling like she was running out, next time he came to feed, there was plenty there, but he was kind of hungry, 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 hungry. And then he would just have these massive sleeps and we'd wake up the next day. He'd go to change him, put him in the onesie and legit the same onesie we had him in the day before he could now no longer fit. That's so insane. Uh, Overnight, he had, it was like an Attenborough documentary, you know, the the super time-lapse. Suddenly he's like, what? This press doesn't go together anymore around his calf muscles. He's just... Humongous alien, you know, it goes from the little xenomorph to a full grown alien in the space of 24 hours. Incredible. Thankfully, it doesn't shed his skin or bleed acid. No, that's also, but some of those poos, my God. Uh, But that's the thing. And then, so he'll do that for like a day or two, and then he'll go back to the regular feeding because he did this around eight weeks, he did it. And then here we are now, three weeks later. Four weeks later, he's doing it again. He's coming up on just hungry all the time, all the time, all the time. And we know that the big sleeps are coming. It's tough on Audrey though, man, because she's not able to get a full REM. A REM cycle is about 90 minutes. And anytime you get less than that, uh, if you get one in, if you get one 90 minute or in, you're, you know, you're kind of okay. Mm. If you get three hours in, that's two REM cycles, which is pretty, you know, you can get by on that. But when you get up, 45 minutes is halfway through a REM cycle and it's just, man, it's brutal on Audrey, mm. brutal because she'll go, we have this smart bassinet, it's called a snoo and it, well, the, the good thing about it, like it, it shushes him much like I would shush him, like the more fussy he gets, the more it goes shh and rocks him around. But it also logs when he's in there. Ah. So even though I'm away, I can see how much he slept. So there's this little app that you can get and you can see how much he's been asleep and for how long and you can see when he's been up and feeding and it's just so hard on Audrey, man. So this is why this is why I love Dad Pod. Like, I mean, I know I'm on the show, but I, <laughs> I learn as much. I love listening to you talk about. I mean, Snoo. Who knew about the Snoo? Like a smart cot. This is amazing. Like I didn't know yep. these things exist and REM cycles and stuff. Like this is so great. I'm so lucky I'm doing this show. I'm here to help because we went to go see the the pediatrician, and um, he said, "Yeah, no, no, it's completely." totally normal. This is exactly what he'll do. He'll get hungry, hungry, hungry. uh, And then you'll feel like you haven't got enough. And then he'll just sleep, sleep, sleep. And then just cell division. He'll be bigger, suddenly bigger. And then he'll, he'll kind of go back to normal for a little while. And then a couple of weeks later happens again. I think it happens then and wonderfully um, three months, six months and nine and nine and then about a year. So I'm guessing we're going through the, but he's like, honestly, all the beautiful, you, you came to the baby shower that, that we had, all the beautiful little baby clothes that we got. Some of them he <laughs> was know. in for a day. He was big enough for a day. And then the next day he was too big. Yeah. Iona's already grown out of her newborn, like a lot of her newborn stuff already. And it's like, whoa. I mean, I know this is going to keep happening and I should probably get used to it, but it's like, I barely got my head around that stuff, all those yeah. cute little onesies and stuff. And now it's like, no, no, we're going to have to get her new clothes. No wonder, because when when we were told everybody that we were expecting, suddenly all these giant vacuum Ziploc bags yeah. started showing up at our house. I'm like, what the fuck? What? 
does everybody have 400 pieces of baby clothing? Now I know why. Because they literally, you, you go and go, oh, that's cute. And you spend 20 bucks on it and they wear it for about 47 hours <laughs> and then they're too big for it. And then, you just, well, it's Who's too that? nice to throw away. <laughs> Was it Usher? The Usher used to wear a new pair of underpants every day. Wasn't that his thing? It's like he refused to wear I don't think he this. grew that much, but... <laughs> I think that's it, different he, reasons. Could have been different reasons. But what I'm grateful for is that he is very healthy. Mm. But unfortunately, like, fortunately, I'm, I'm away working. I'm grateful to work. I'm grateful to have the work. I'm grateful to do the job I do. And yet I'm away. And Audrey will send me photos on the phone and he's clearly gotten bigger since I've left and he's doing different stuff and it's really tricky. Uh, I don't know how guys do it. I don't know how, like no, no wonder people in the military and people who work in mining and things like that have such a tough time because, you know, yeah, you're away and, you know, I know it's a, a, a patriarchal thing to say, but, you know, you're playing a role of provider when you're away working because you're bringing, you know, work and money for the home. But still, you're missing out. You're not there to support your partner. She, you know, is going without sleep. All the things that you know that you can do around the house to make her life easier, you can't do anymore. She's having to lift the whole weight herself. Mm. It's really it's really hard, Charlie. Mm. It's really hard. And I guess you don't want to be listening to any Cat Stevens around this time either, right? Oh, man. That's the whole thing, though, <laughs> is that song is haunting in the back of my mind the whole time. Well, when he asks to, for the car keys... <laughs> You I'll say, see you really later, you can have that. I mean, it's weird though. Like, I mean, I imagine, I understand where you're coming from. Obviously, I've been with Iona every day that she's been around, so I haven't had to face that particular hurdle just yet. But I do wonder, like, uh, how you were raised and how I was raised was that, um, you know, my dad did work full-time. My parents did travel together. There was times when they, way, they were away. And how much that in, impacted on you like did you feel mm. like is it one of those things where you because it's such an emotional connection are you sort of maybe catastrophizing it or or making it more of a thing than it needs to be because eventually you will have to create these little moments of separation like I, I guess there's just two ways of viewing it isn't it which is like you are providing in order for you to have the lifestyle that you have and you will have time that you can then spend full-time at home I imagine after this then that's the trade-off right yes Yes, it is. But I, I think the more I learn about early childhood, the more I learn about the neural pathways that get formed around emotional bonding and the idea that he can be on another, like a friend of mine will come around and he'll be like on another man, someone mm. that it doesn't smell like mum and he won't settle. Right. But the moment he's handed to me, boom, he knows it's me. Yeah. And that has got to be some sort of like, you know, third line of code in his brain that yeah. says this person is safe. When I'm yeah. around this person, there's, there's safety. And now that I'm not there, I'm someone who grew up with anxiety and I have an, an you know, anxiety disorder and, I, and I, I wonder how much of that came from those early months and years when I was little and how that kind of bonding and how those early neural pathways formed. Uh, maybe I am reading too much into it just because well, I'm Well, I think the solution is to stop reading books about early yes. childhood development. <laughs> Ignorance <laughs> is bliss. Yeah. No, I think, look, I think it's just a balance of not being too hard on yourself because, you know, if you know that when you are with him and the time that you spend and, and the relationship you have with Audrey and everything that mm. you are putting the hours in and there are moments of bonding 
funding and stuff. But this is the, if you're in the military or in mining or any occupation where people have to travel for work, like this happens all over the world. Like, yeah. I, I think that that is the trade-off. But the advantage you have is that then you have periods of time where you're not working. Like yeah. for someone who works nine to five, 48 weeks of the year, well, there's huge chunks of the time they're not there or they're putting mm. their kid into childcare or whatever. So until we can perfect cloning in which we can leave a, an, a, a, an OSHA duplicate at home, one that has yeah. smells like you, you know, this is sort of something that uh, most parents are dealing with. I, I Look, I, I'm not trying to diminish it. I just feel like sometimes you can be your own worst enemy in these instances where you're like, oh, God, like yeah. I'm not fulfilling this thing perfectly. Therefore, you know, that may lead to this. But there's yeah. a lot of things you are doing really well and beyond, you know, above and beyond. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. I guess, well, I guess what I was trying to get to ultimately was someone did ask me the other day, how much time did you take off after Wolfie was born? Mm. And... um I think my my number would be, and the number I would have wished that I could have done, would be the whole fourth trimester. Like right. The whole first three months, I would have loved to not have worked, just to make sure I was there to support Audrey and be around for him and be around for G and just have that those three months because it's such a full-time job. It's not something you can kind of just suddenly do and incorporate into the rest of your day. Mm. It just take, it does take so much to make sure it happens and happens well and safely and healthily. And I think that's that part of a greater conversation, I guess, around paternity leave in our country and things like that. But yeah, if I could have that, that whole fourth trimester would have been, would have been pretty good. Cause I did go, I did go back to things a little too early and it honestly, Charlie, it did affect my relationship with Audrey. Suddenly mm. she felt that, Oh, fine I'm just you know now I'll have to just do this by myself shall I and yeah, right. that felt a bit shit because she had done it by herself with Georgia right and my promise to her was that it would be different and then I went and started doing work again yeah. so that was a bit uh so if you're still in the planning of your workload <laughs> um, as much as I would say to you as much as you can for the first three months try and be around well sometimes we don't choose when we work Osh unfortunately <laughs> in that true. position <laughs> this is true this is the life of the freelancer who are we going to get on the phone Adam Spencer is our standing by Adam Spencer Australia's the foremost mathematician slash scientist slash funny person he's in your phone wow you're so yeah. famous Hi, how are you? Adam Spencer, it's Charlie and Osha here from Dad Pod. How are you going? I'm very excited to be talking to the Dad Pod team. Well, you're a veteran dad as well. Like, your little girls are, are, are pretty much grown now. They're no longer babies. So, can you reach back into your memory and, and, and give us any advice? Absolutely, mate. Mine are 14 and 11 now, and it feels like only 14 years and 11 years, respectively. <laughs> <laughs> I actually remember being uh, in, in touch with you right around the time that you, you had your first one and the photograph of you holding your baby. And I'll never forget, it was just a two-word intro email. It just said, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I did exactly the same thing that every new parent, every new dad does. This is the first baby that's ever been born in history. And all this. I do remember sending out a big group text message to people saying, we're just welcome, blah, blah, blah. And uh, the one and only Scott Dooley replied, uh, hey, so proud. Let me be the first person to ask, how old's your daughter? And uh, at that stage, the, the, answer, the answer was about one hour and nine minutes. <laughs> and this was a time pre-social media because this is the, the issue I'm facing is that I feel like I'm taking so many photographs and it's like I need to display on Twitter and Instagram that I have a life outside of my daughter, but there is really nothing more interesting happening in my life right now. 
and, and what is fascinating is that, and it's so beautiful, but that perspective you've got. So when your kids are just weeks old, months old, whatever, the first one in particular, your partner will come home and you'll say, hey, you, you, you know how this, you haven't ever got this exciting one yet, mate, but you know how she normally points with this finger? Oh, today, she, she pointed with that finger. Yeah. And, it, and it's just momentous and life-changing. Then you, you, you have the second one, and, and, and somewhere around the 10-month mark, you turn to your partner and say, look, you you think we might have dropped this one? Is this one just a little bit slow? Wasn't, wasn't Ellie juggling and playing the piano by now? And no, she wasn't. But for you, the first time round, literally every moment that you were, especially as a dad, every yeah. moment you get by and haven't done something catastrophically wrong, you were just walking around high-fiving yourself and just soaking up this divide. So are you trying to say, Spencer, the sequel is never as good as the original? <laughs> oh, mate, yeah, and if you, if, you, if you go for the third reboot of the franchise, that's all right. Like, that's the way they use the phones themselves. The formula's in the fridge. Charlie was uh, essentially the Fast and Furious of the Clawson family. He's number nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you, were, you were Charlie Clawson, mission to Moscow. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I would argue the Fast and Furious franchise has actually gotten better the longer it's gone on. So I think mine is a like for like. Yeah, you were you were the Hobson Shaw yeah. of your family. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Adam, we were talking earlier about about growth spurts. You mentioned you know suddenly your baby pointing with another finger. Do you remember that kind of incredible overnight cell division where you just go, did someone swap us out with another child? How, how, how old are your kids now? Nearly 16 and 11 weeks. And mine, six weeks. Six weeks, and you're talking about growth spurts. For the love of God, I love it. Look, the great thing is that people who haven't had kids don't know yet. The, the kid comes out and they do all this, they measure all these things and they give you all these stats and all this, and then they break it down into percentiles and they measure so many things and give you so many stats. There's always going to, and kids come out in such weird shape, there's always going to be some way in which your child is near the very top or very bottom end of something. So you'll get parents going, oh, she's this big, blah, 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 and head circumference in the top 15 percentile. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just means your kid's got a weird big head, mate. It's all going <laughs> to it's all gonna even out over time. Don't get too excited that the forehead started a little bit before the legs or whatever. And you'll hang on to any stat as the, oh, I think we might have a genius here. Oh, look at, the, look at the length of that left arm compared to the right knee circumference. Waka, waka. You know, it's just everyone calm down. It's all going to open. I understand that, sense because anything that my daughter does, like any interest she shows in anything, I'm like, oh, this is an indicator of future behaviour. It's like well, she's, she's, she's looking at artwork on the wall. She's going to be a painter. Look at that. Or she watches like sport on TV. Oh, she's going to be an athlete. Look at She's so interested. She's at the point, Charlie, at the moment where she is starting to pick up depth. Perception. And it is amazing. Put yourself in the baby's mind. You first come out into this just plasma of sight and noise. And I do remember you could start to tell when your kid realised some things were closer or further away. And that's amazing. Mm. Or when they start to realise, hold it, this white thing with a dark bit on top that comes in at the end, that might be another actual thing. There are, there, there, there are separate things mm. in this world. That's incredible because when the, when the infant mind pops in, they don't have any of that sort of handle. So it is, it is fascinating to watch them come to I remember the first time Ellie ever reached up with a hand and put a finger at him and touched me on the nose rather than just sort of slapping away, not, not being able to work out how far away I was. That was incredible to watch. I think by your second and third child, the novelty of that probably wears off a little bit. <laughs> 
I honestly, though, Adam, you, you seem to be fairly nonchalant, but as a man who publishes annually a book all about facts, numbers, and stats, I have a hard time believing that you were so you're lackadaisical about the percentiles of your children. Oh, no. Well, I mean, I was lucky. My child's obviously a genius. It's smarter than anything. Removing her from the sample pool, the rest of you, you're all just crawling around lumps of meat. It's the same as you would find this, Charlie. If you're out and your daughter makes a crying sound, to anyone else, that's a sound. It might be a bit irritating, whatever. It cuts through your DNA. Mm. It's because it is her cry. Yeah. It's so intensely. But you could be in a room and five babies back to back could, could cry, and you would know instantly which one was her because of the way it's, it's so deeply ingrained into you from, from the get-go. And that's a wonderful thing. Well, I find with my daughter when she cries, because I'm a professional actor, I can detect when she's really crying and when it's not real tears. And I, like I say to her all the time, I'm not buying this. I'm not buying this crying, this, this grumbly cry. Not convincing. No Oscar for you. Yeah, you go, you go, cut. We're going to take that again. Yeah. Now, Give me real I, tears. I realise, yeah. What your motivation is, your motivation is, I haven't fed you for a couple of hours and you're starving. And I haven't realised that. Let's take that from the top. <laughs> Got to bear in mind that Ch- Charlie's been at the cold face at home and away. He knows he knows quality uh, quality tears and quality acting when he hears it. Yeah, I, you know, I, heard, I, heard, I heard the other day she cried and you went, what's that? There's a fire at the first club. <laughs> Spence, one uh, other thing we were talking about that I want to get your input on is uh, when uh, your kid comes in and you go into that baby bubble and you sort of don't know which way is up and you're a bit sleep deprived and maybe you're sort of tempted to eat, you know, food that's not as good for you and you're not as motivated to go out for a run or a walk or even get to the gym. Have you got any tips for sort of maintaining good sort of mental and physical health? You see, you see this is where you guys were quite foolish. You've both gone into this exercise in quite good physical health with ripping <laughs> that, that will now decline. I'd make a good sense of really blowing it out in my late 20s to the point where by the time I had kids and lost a little bit of, you know, just from starvation and fatigue, people were going, mate, you're looking fantastic. <laughs> you lost 10 kilos. Right, so you're saying just plan ahead, get nice and fat beforehand. Yeah, what were you doing getting all ripped before you had a baby? Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. It is. <laughs> you, you, make, you make a really good point, Adam. Uh, but you know, the, the thing about Adam, Charlie, is that because he is a man of, of science, he will uh, – I believe like, – I remember when you actually lost a whole bunch of that weight very quickly, there was no kind of workout plan or anything. You just knew the exact – carbon going into your body versus, uh, you know, the carbon leaving your body and was able to document it down to a fine gram. Yeah, I just I just turned my body upon itself and it had a lot to feast on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Adam, were you away much when your kids were little? Yeah, I was a little bit with my work. I can remember the first time I'd been away for a couple of nights and I was driving back home and I had this profound sense of, gee, I miss Ellie. And it was an amazing feeling. And I remember also thinking, wow, I've got to like 37 years of age and I'd never experienced that emotion. Because after a while, you think, well, I've, I've experienced happiness, I've experienced sadness, fear, whatever. To think that you can add a new range of emotions to your mm. psychological framework. I mean, eventually in life, you know, if, you, if you're yet to have a parent die, you know, that's a, when it happens, it's horrible or whatever. But it's, you're also, wow, I've never felt I've felt missing before and I've felt excited about coming home or seeing a friend I haven't seen in a while, but I've never missed a child. 
wow. And just where's my girls a little bit old now. We were away at a, a, a wedding on the weekend, and they did a lot of the prep. They really helped by making flowers and like really pitched in. And I had a couple of parents come up to me afterwards and say, "My dear, really good girls. You should be really proud of them. They really, really stood up over the last six hours and helped out." And I had a sense of pride in them in a way that was because they had actually genuinely stepped up and contributed effectively as adults to something and got a mate of mine out of it looking like a bit of a bind in terms of things. And I just had this new emotion. And, and that was that's one of the most powerful things I can remember about the whole thing. Like missing them is horrible. But wow, what's it like to miss a child for the first time? Yeah. You're absolutely right. I'm definitely I'm experiencing I'm away at the moment, Adam, so I'm definitely uh experiencing that for sure. And I can, I can assure you, mate, in the, in the time that you've been gone, the different things they've done, I mean, you know how they normally roll this way? Yeah, you know when they normally crap themselves? They crap themselves in a slightly different way this time you're away, and you'll, you'll never have that magic moment again. Uh, luckily, there's been FaceTimes and fantastic videos sent my way documenting every one of those incredible poos. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for your time, Spence. Absolute pleasure, boys, and it's lovely to hear you going through this wonderful event. I mean, you know, it's, we do sometimes inflict it on those around us when we just had the baby. It's all we talk about for a while, but it's an absolutely magic time of life, and it is lovely hearing you guys uh, be out there and honest about what you're going through. But um, I look forward to hearing the show about Dad Pod for as well from 14 and 15. It's going to be quite an experience. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're the best, Adam. Thank you so much, mate. Have a great day, guys. So, Charlie, in the email box, which is pretty good, askdadpod at gmail.com is, is where we are. You can uh, ask us anything you like or you can offer some advice, which we really are very grateful for because we are somewhat clueless. M- mums, and, mums and dads, not just dads. Yeah. And it's not- the, the, the mailbag is open to anyone with any advice or questions. Yes, askdadpod at gmail.com. Russell has uh, sent an email. Can't wait for the podcast. I became a dad for the first time in March, and what I did I can't recommend enough is to blog or diary every day. You don't <sighs> have to show it to anyone it doesn't have to be for anything in particular uh, but write down your feelings your moments your milestones your learnings when i started out i had no idea what i was doing was freaking out but as time goes on that feeling hasn't gone away but having the diary you can look back and see how much you've learned how far your baby's come and what you have really accomplished looking forward to more episodes regards russell no last name so mike hal doesn't have to bleep anything out well mike hal doesn't make this show andy Marr makes this show <laughs> I guess this is our blog then, Charlie. Yeah. No, I, well, I have been doing both. I've actually been keeping a journal as well, oh, but mine's only been weekly. So uh-huh. I, I've been doing both. But yeah, I feel like the, this, what this podcast is, is, is partly a journal. My mum was a zealous journalist yeah. in her later years. And it's some of my most cherished possessions of hers is her journals. Oh. And I've sort of experimented. I go on and off with journaling. I like to when I have periods. Generally, when I have uh, 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 when I've been travelling or periods away, that's when I feel like I have more free time to journal. But yeah, I think it's a great idea. Generally, my journaling tends to be more not for uh, anyone else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stuff that probably would not make sense. Plus, my left hander and my handwriting looks like chicken scratch, so not really legible to anyone else. But no, I think I, I'm a big fan of journaling. I think um, you know, relating back to our conversations around physical health, uh, I think journaling is excellent for mental health. Oh, and has been proven so as well. So uh, thank you very much. I should write more. I do write every day, but I should write more about the baby. Michael sent us an email, askdadpod at gmail.com. Hey, dadpod. I uh, loved both your work for a long time. Thanks for the hours of entertainment. I too am a 40-something-year-old gentleman working in the creative field with a minor, ang- minor anxiety affliction. 
who has left fatherhood until now. So we're not special. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> God damn it. March 2020 is the impending day. My questions are thus. Okay. What is it that, in hindsight, you freaked out too much about before the birth of your child? And what was it you had wished that you freaked out about more? Thank you very much, Michael. What do you reckon, Charlie? Uh, I think I freaked out about labour, um, the mm. actual birth experience beforehand. I think I really, you know, with, with obvious reason, because that's the one most dads get freaked out about. But I think I, I put more time into that than I really needed to. And what did I not freak out about enough? I guess sort of I should have done more research about what to expect in that first six weeks because mm-hmm. I think that um, I've been relying on uh, Gemma and you, <laughs> Osha, <laughs> to tell me what's been going on. And I think in, in hindsight I should have done it just a bit more prep for that kind of stuff. I guess uh, what I would say is what I freaked out about beforehand was – what the hell am I doing bringing a baby into the world that's going to be out of water and underwater and on fire all at the same time? Like that that was compounding and, and quite difficult. I've since done a lot of work around that uh, so I can kind of be a lot more okay with, with what's happening. What I didn't freak out about enough, I know we, we spoke about this earlier, but I would, I would say the amount of time that I have been able to spend with Audrey and Wolfie uh, since she got born and how – there's a, that delicate balance of having to go back to work and needing to earn money and make sure there's food in the fridge, but also being there to be able to support your wife or, or partner and making sure that they have everything they need because it's more than one person's job. It really You can do it by yourself, but yeah. it's very, 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 very hard. It's much better when there's simpatical. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and then finally, uh, Charlie, we have here, this is a cracker. This is from Eddie. Not an ask, but a short and true story. Oh, great. My beautiful wife is currently 22 weeks. It's our first. Pretty exciting times ahead. She's always been very motion sick and got all day sickness for the first 14 weeks. Whoa. My God. She pretty much lived off a diet of sayos, jats and saladas, which is a variant <laughs> on the theme here, isn't it? It's a bloody rat with that. After a long, hard day at work for me, she had the day off. So I got home, did the housework, prepared dinner, peppermint tea, ice water with lemon, absolutely every trick in the book. 10 p.m. rolls around and I finally get to sit down as soon as my ass hit the chair. Can I have some ice water with no lemon? And for some reason, my smart ass mouth let rip. You're pregnant, not disabled. Idiot in capitals. (laughs) She's going to put her body through hell for nine months and I have a whinge about getting a glass of water. Moral of the story, our wives are doing a nine-month marathon. Just get the glass of water and shut up. (laughs) Couldn't have said it better myself. Osh, it's time to induct another father into the Dad Pod Hall of Fame. I'm looking forward to who you've got for me this week, Charlie. The father of modern evolutionary science, Charles Darwin. I'm already on board. Now, uh, I wasn't aware of this, but he uh, was the father of 10 children. Did you know that? I did. And I don't know too much about this, but I'm a pretty, uh, like, I listened to a lot of the dollop. And so judging when Charles Darwin was around, like kind of early 1830s, I'm guessing not all 10 made it. No, no. I mean, I think 7 out of 10, 70% strike rate is pretty good. It's good uh, God. Sort of back in a time where you'd have lots of kids just hoping that, you know, most of them would make it. Oh, uh, how horrible. 
The thing that made Charles Darwin exceptional as a father was not only, obviously, was he one of the, the leaders in his uh, particular chosen field of science, but he was actively involved in the rearing yeah. of his children. And this was unheard of in the Victorian era. In fact, uh, this is something that may speak to you. He would often take time off work to go home and spend with his kids, particularly uh, when one of them was sick. He incorporated his children into his work with the essay, The Expression and Emotions in Man and Mammals, where he closely observed the reactions and shifting emotional states of his children. So he was one of the first guys to observe things like the way a child reacts when they want to be breastfed, their reactions to fear, um, warmth, affection, all that kind of stuff. So here's the thing. Charles Darwin, just like Dad Pod, capitalised off his children. <laughs> Bet you he never got a sponsor, though. So he le- Hang on. So he learned how to observe the natural world by observing his own children and learned how to document everything by looking at his own kids? Exactly. Exactly. Amazing. But going home from work in the 1800s oh, yeah. to look after your sick kids. We're like, what is wrong with you, sir? That's, That's amazing. a woman's work. Yeah, he's also, he was also a champion of education. He sent all his uh, sons to uh, private school, but he also educated all his daughters. I mean, it was a different time. They weren't accepted into the same schools as his sons, obviously, but he made sure that the, his daughters were also well-educated and homeschooled. Uh, Charles Darwin, Dad Pod salutes you. <laughs> Charlie, another fantastic week of the show. I'm quite overwhelmed with the the reaction to what Dad Pod is giving people, and I look at the download numbers, and I'm I'm just thrilled. So uh, I think we're doing something special here, mate. Oh, good. I'm glad I'm finally part of something that is successful. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Will. Uh, I don't know. Let's let's get nine and a half more years up, and we'll see how we go. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Dad Pod. Now go to bed. 